It is now 9 a.m. Stay tuned for Love Talk from The Word with Evelyn Davison and Cindy Vanna. morning. I am Cindy Vanna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed, the word, KLGO, that is 99.3 and 98.5, reminding you that we are information with inspiration. And as we love talk today in the studio, we'd invite you to follow us on lovetalknetwork.com, where Evelyn and I'll be posting up this audio show and also blogging. And speaking of Evelyn, good morning, love lady. Well, good morning, Miss Cindy. How are you today? Oh, gosh, you know, I came pedaling in here, <laughs> kicking off the alligator, shaking my leg, you know. Well, we all have had alligators nipping at our buds this week. And uh, with a lot, well, during this whole season. Season. But Cindy, uh, we are thrilled to be here in the studio today. We, you know, we had a couple of weeks off. We did the, uh, the Messiah one Saturday, and then last Saturday we pre-taped, and we are really excited about. I am excited, and I know you are because I see it on your face about where God is leading us uh, in the direction of love. Well, you and I are in that place in our life where we start a new year. It's like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad to have been able to see the the ball come down. Although Jim and I are such die-hard Southerners, I don't know what our problem is, but. You know, we were watching the new year come in, and it didn't matter what time zone you were on. Uh-huh. When it came down to the countdown to midnight, they always flashed it back to New York. Yeah. And we were like, well, what does that have to do with the price of tea <laughs> in China? Especially my friends down, my family down in Cut and Shoot, which reminds me, Cindy, uh, this week I've had a lot of national ministry going on, as, as you know, and have a new book coming out. I'll be, it's out now. It came out Christmas. Uh, but I was thinking, uh, as I've talked to fr- friends through the holidays, uh, they said to me, you know, how are you doing with ministry? They always want to know. And, of course, you know, it takes me 30 minutes to catch them up on all the things that God's doing because our lives are not our lives, Cindy. You and I know yeah. both of that. And so they said, well, how? You? I said, well, we're on the World Wide Web now, you know, as far as Good News Journal and Love Talk. And you can listen to us live. And so we probably have people all over the nation listening today because they had a big conference call yesterday um, to see what it is that God's told us about what's going to happen next year. But I know one thing, Cindy. It's going to be exciting. Well, one of the last things we had talked about was anticipation. When we were, when we were in our series during 2011, as I've gone to set up my new folders, I hope everyone else out there in America is busy digging out, folding, you know, closing their 2011 folders, trying to set up for 2012. Anyway, as I was doing that, you know, in 2011, we first did the promised one, mm-hmm. where we talked about the person, the incarnate, the everyday life of Christ Jesus. And then we moved to the present one where we really had a long 
dialogue about the Holy Spirit, Christ abiding and living in us, and and what it is to live in that love relationship, that Emmanuel, God with us. But today, we're going to be starting what? The perfect one. And that's not me, Cindy. I want to make that on the billboard. Today. Oh no, we're going to be talking not. about you and I and perfection. And <laughs> yeah. you know, as we uh, as we walk through the anticipation of the holidays, the holy days, I call them, and all of the wonderful things that are so much a part of our life as we serve the Lord Jesus, as we worship Him, Cindy, and as we have interaction with our family and with our neighbors, and it's just a wonderful time of season. But I was so exhausted when it was over. I told Van, I said, you know what? Christmas is a lot of hard work. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I am, I'm just a woman, you know. So just I, a woman. Yeah, okay. just a woman. So I only have the perspective from a woman's eyes. But I thought if I saw another dish or had to go back in that kitchen, and including <laughs> this week as I was trying to get ready for, for 2012, I was still find, finding food slung all over that house because we had a lot of company, uh-huh. and we had a we had a fabulous. I think we had the most perfect mm. Christ must season that we've ever had. It was really filled with that sense that he was he was with us, that reverence for mm-hmm. having been born, his vulnerability, at the same time really surrounded by by loved ones. But I want you to know we we had people in and out of that house and I, I'm like you. It's like if I don't get to go to bed before too long, yeah. I'm at the well, like you know, Southern Bell. I gotta take to my bed. Well, I have a Southern Bell. You take to your bed. Well, that's what I had to do too. But you know, one of the things that um, that happens as we grow uh, more seasoned, uh, we are seasoned senior sisters, Cindy. Yeah. Uh, is that things change, life changes, and one of the things that that I a discussion I had with our oldest son. Uh, prior to the Christmas season, was trying to work out all of the changes that have happened in our life this year. We've had a lot of major changes. We had two weddings, and any time you have a wedding in the family, things begin to change. Oh, well, now you're preaching to all, Derek, yeah, how do you incorporate a whole new family into your paradigm? Yeah. and there are those of us in our personality who do not want to change. We want to do the same thing. Not not me, you know, every year. Well, this year it was just because we had two two weddings, two new families, and had to be fair. Uh, one of our sons was not real happy with it, and uh, he just didn't like it. And I said, okay, uh, let me tell you a little story. <clears throat> I said, you know, when you get married and you're in love and you begin to build your life and and the Lord begins to bless you and blesses you with children, and then, you know, as they grow up, uh, you have a lot of uh, influence in the activities and your calendar and all those things that are going on. Uh, And in those years, you you really are a primary of, you know, I mean, you're a top choice. Ooh, primary. Like that one. But then... You know, as your kids get older and they marry and then they have children, uh, then things change. Especially if you have sons and Uh, sons marry into a 
Another uh, family. Right. Okay. And so I said, what happens is that change is you move from being top choice to being leftovers. <laughs> he said, I don't like leftovers. And I know that. And so, but it gave him a perspective of what, you know, life's really like. And I said, honey, you're just now getting started. Wait. But I'll tell you the change that we made this year, and I love it when Christmas comes on Sunday, is we didn't do the great big you know, stuff that we always do where it takes me three days to get all the cooking done and, and get all the, like you did. We decided that we'd have a store-bought Christmas. <clears throat> so we had store-bought tamales. Mm-hmm. We had frito pie. We had Mexican macaroni. We had guacamole and all those things that went with it. And so what we did after church, we went home. In 30 minutes, we had lunch on, you know, afternoon uh-huh. dinner on the table. And, of course, I loved it. And the kids, you know, the ones that got to come, they loved it too. said, Mother, you know, we love coming to your house for Christmas, but I realize, you know, you're getting old. They don't say older. They say old. <laughs> and and I know how hard it is for you. And I said, you know, one of the things in my life that has been such a struggle for me is to change from what it is I think I have to have to what it is that would be best for the given moment. And so what I've done this week, Cindy, is go back and visit a motto that I have lived by for, I would say, 45 years at a time prior to the time we moved to Austin when I went through some really difficult times. I mean, some really hard times to the extent that we had to have a housekeeper. And that motto is simply this, he plus me equals we. He plus, now that's lousy grammar. And I'm an English major, so I know. But he plus me equals we. That tells me this. And I've got it written in wood above my computer so that I'm reminded every day, Evelyn, you're not in this life alone. The things are going to change around you. But the major change is going to be a change toward a pure heart. That's You know, one of the scriptures that we're going to be looking at today is God says, the Word says, be ye therefore perfect. Jesus said this. Be ye, in the old king, be ye therefore perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. And that's my goal. I always thought growing up, I had three goals. First of all, I'd be pretty and everybody, you know, I'd be popular and everybody would love me. But most of all, I would be perfect. And so as we begin to look today at this anticipation of life and what it ought to be, one of the things that anticipation does, Cindy, is it brings blessings, but it also can bring exasperation because it brings changes. And we, we work through anticipation up to the, you know, through the Christmas season, and we got to Anna and to Simeon. And they had waited how long, Cindy? Well, they had waited their whole lives for, for one moment. One moment. What was that moment? The moment when Emmanuel, God with us, is presented in the temple. And of all the people in Israel who had read the scribes, all the wealthy, all the educated, no one would stop their normal routine to recognize the king except those who had been waiting upon him in the temple who believed that in their lifetime they would encounter who? The Messiah. And when Jesus is presented in the temple by Mary and by Joseph, what happens? Both of them immediately recognize him. 
as the Messiah, as opposed to the whole rest of the story in the New Testament is the debate Mm -hmm. around who are you? Who sent you? Who gave you that right? Why do you say the things that you say? And yet these were the ones that heralded him as the Messiah. And what it, what it amounted to, Cindy, was change. And some of us don't like change. But that three or four hundred years that the Hebrew children had, God's chosen people, the people that he raised up out of the seed of Abraham, anticipated the coming of Messiah. And with the coming of Jesus, he fulfilled all of those promises that God had made Abraham, had made David, had renewed with each new uh, leader uh, in, in that anticipation time of when Messiah would come. And when Jesus came, they didn't recognize him. And so what we are going to be talking about in this new year is what it is to, to have a new rope of hope, a new rope of hope, to have Jesus Christ become a Jesus follower so that we, with courage and commitment, might be used of God to change the world in which we live. We are in the studio, love talking today, and we're talking about the perfect one. We're going to come back after these messages, and we're going to talk about God's business. Right after this, this is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn, a love-talking and the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. It is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with information. Information with inspiration. <laughs> information with information. Okay, information on top of information. Reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. Also that you can catch up with Evelyn and I on our Facebook page, or you can catch up with us on our website at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, as we went out on our break, we're introducing the new series that we're going to be embarking on and dialoguing around in this first part of of 2012 and we do this every year as we march up to Easter we take a we take a close look at what it is that Christ was messaging representing ministering on in his short time on earth as he comes up to that triumphant moment where he ransoms you and I from the clutches of death, and, and we've done that talking about, about the promised one and the present one, and now we're going to be talking about the perfect one. And you know, as you were, we were talking about for 2012, the, this new rope of hope, and, and you're representing it as that, that, uh, three-stranded cord, you know, mm-hmm. he plus me equals we. we, and that really is a perfect picture, good grammar or not. Of Emmanuel, God with us. Because, you know, one of the reasons that we're going to look at perfection 
is not so that you and I can step back in time in our lives and characteristics that God has done everything he knew what to do to squash in us, (laughs) which is perfectionism, which is control or manipulation or having it our way or it being all about me, the the, the, uh, reminder that there's no I in team. And, you know, where, where we live from this kind of egocentric and even as we give our lives to Christ, thinking that if we just get it right in our life, then everything's going to go well with, uh, between us and God and go well with us in the world. And really what we're talking about here in terms of the perfect one is, you know, it is God himself who is perfect and because of his perfection, that's what you and I rely on, rest in, refresh in, take our confidence from, so that we can do what? Not perform, but live life with God. Live with God. As he lives with us. Jesus with us is what Emmanuel says. And Cindy... We, as we go into a new year, we always set new goals, and, and we build new anticipation of what we think we're going to get to do this year. Even planning vacations or planning those special events like weddings or whatever, those are normal things. Uh, we have to sometimes create new routines like we were talking about. You know, cha- Christmas changes. It changes. And then we begin to dream new dreams as we see God working our life and we see, you know, how closer we are to understanding him and knowing him. And being a Jesus follower. But one of the things that anticipation does, and and that's our word we've been working on for a couple of months, is anticipation, is it it gives birth to busyness. Not God's business, but busyness. We get so many of those things entangled in our life that control us that we're not about doing God's business. And, you know, that's one of the things that Jesus said when he was in the temple. When he was 12 years old, and he was separated from his parents a couple of days. And that's a cultural thing, and we normally take cultural things and and wrap them into where we are living right now. So what happened was, is when, when they confronted him, what did he say? I must be about what? My father's business. Business. Evelyn, I love that because even in busyness, we can get confused about service. We can get confused about serving God and think that our service in busyness. How many times have I seen people who have really good intentions and good hearts that through the busyness of their lives, not just the calling of their lives and not just the commitment of their lives, but the busyness, the way we go about doing it, then then find ourselves in the place where we abandon our families or abandon our homes or we abandon our intimacy with God. And that's the key, Cindy. And this, when Jesus is referring about his father's business, what was the number one thing about his father's business was that he spent time with the father. Mm-hmm. He knew what the father's business was. How do you how do you know what the father's business is unless you're apprenticing alongside? Now, in in Jesus's case. He is the Godhead. You know, he and the Father one. But in our lives, how do you know the Father's business 
unless you're apprenticing at the Father's feet. That's so true, Cindy. And the thing is, is when Jesus said that we should be perfect as his Father in heaven is perfect, he's talking about the heart of God. He's talking about our heart. Uh, And when we take heart and we look at it, it, basically it's two things. It's in the spiritual area. It's in the soul area. Now, the world, psyche is, is the word the world uses for soul today. But when we just reduce it down to a, to a common denominator, and we're talking about God's business, not our business of doing law or whatever, we have to remember that the law came, God gave Moses for the people the law to teach them how to behave, teach them what was right and what was wrong. Jesus came, and we're talking about changes today, Cindy. Jesus came, and the change he made, Cindy, was from law to love. And love teaches us how to live. Love teaches us how to live. Not just behave, but to live. And so when Jesus is saying, we must be, he, I must be about the Father's business, he's not talking about activity. He's talking about the condition of my heart and your heart. And that process is in love. We do it in love and not love. I have to laugh just a little bit because even the word business in an American mindset has a whole slew of preconceived notions that trip us up. You know, Christ, when he came, Evelyn, he came to turn, he didn't just turn the tables over in the outer courts because he was just mad about money and change. He came to turn over everything that the religious establishment had set up that made any kind of barrier between him and his people. Those he wished to form and to make in his image. Those who you are calling Jesus followers. Now, as we talk during this series, we're gonna we're gonna make a a specific uh, line in the sand about the difference between Christianity, yes, and, and being, being a Jesus follower. You stop and think about that a minute, Cindy. What is the difference for the world, not for us necessarily? We know what it means to be. Christ in one is what Christian means. Christian, and to, but to the world, it's an ideology. Mm-hmm. And is that ideology representative of the truth of the Bible or the truth of the personhood of Christ Jesus? Generally, no, it is not. Uh, one thing about what Jesus said about we should be perfect like our Father. And that's why we want to do this series on perfection. Because he is perfect. We, he said, don't look for anybody else. I am the one. He said that. Don't be looking for another Savior. I am the Savior. And so when we look at him and we see that he is sufficient for every need we have, he came that we might know God. He said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came that no longer would we have to go into the temple or the Hebrew children and sacrifice living blood for the covering of sin, remission of sin. He did that once and for all for all of us. He knew that when he left, there was going to be discouragement. There was going to be confusion. 
there was going to be war. You know, the Crusades brought on one of the hardest wars the world has ever known. There was there will always be wars and rumors of wars. And in America, that's what we're living with right now, is all of these rumors. What's going to happen in Iran? What's going to happen in China? Uh, what's going to happen in Korea? We look back at last year, and those are so unsettling for us. But when we look at what it is that Jesus said that we should be, is we should be like our Father, perfect in heart and perfect in love. And so perfection is in love. It's not in law. Perfection is in our walk, not just our talk. We've got to walk so that people can look at us, love on parade before the world, look at us and see how great Jesus Christ is. And so that's why he plus me is important. That's why this new motto, this new prayer frame that we're going to be working off of, is a Jesus follower plus commitment and courage and confidence equals what, Cindy? It equals a majority. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Is that we represent the life of love that Jesus Christ came that might be free to everyone that is free and not be available to all those that he draws to himself, first of all, and secondly, that he uses us to deliver the message to Well, him. and we want to take apart just a little bit, and, and we will more as we go along, your, your new creed about being a Jesus follower where commitment, courage, and um, confidence, equals majority. The majority is not so that we flex our muscles and we have greater uh, pull or push. It is that the miracles of God would be more evident to a world that is yet to know him because one of the one of the verses that goes along with be you perfect is that God desires what? That none should perish. We're going to come back and we're going to continue to talk about like father like son the perfect one this is love talk on the word morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the studio with the First Lady of Love, Evelyn Davison. We are today coming to you on the word that is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net and that you can also catch the audio portion of this program uh, when we post it on the web at lovetalknetwork.com and Evelyn and I will be blogging there about this, this program as well. Evelyn, as we went out on our break, you were doing a a wonderful job of recasting your vision, your 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 <laughs> motto, your creed. You know, uh, we, my we, motivation. Well, we oftentimes, you know, how many times have we, even recently, some one of the major um, denominations in this country 
announced that they were moving from the Niacin Creed to the Apostles' Creed. I mean, we oh. all have, yeah, we each, you know, we're just Well, I don't on call them creeds. I call them mottos. Oh, okay. Because, so see, in simple-mindedness, uh, creed takes on lots and lots of words. But a motto is like a three-point outline, and I think in three-point outline. Okay, you got three salient points, and here it is. He plus me equals we, but here we are kind of recasting that a little uh-huh. bit as we're under um, introducing this new topic of Jesus, the perfect one. We're talking about what it is to be a Jesus follower, that it takes commitment, courage, confidence, Mm-hmm. In order for us to be a majority that is rightly representing the miracles, the personhood of Christ Jesus, and so I, I want us to move into a little bit of a of a conversation about what does it mean when we say, you know, Jesus the perfect one. Well, you did a great job of setting it up and saying, well, you know, previous to Jesus, God gave. The people of God, an outline to live by. Some of it he put in a stone, and a whole bunch of it he put into scrolls. Here's how you're to live so that when you survive, you know, because we're talking about, you know, a time when survival. Yeah, yes, oh, yeah. And we are there, Cindy. In America, we're there. And so that was the law which is that law that says, you know, this is how we're to, not to love, but this is how you live. This is what you do. Behave. To, to get by. Mm-hmm. And then Christ comes and he says, you know, I'm coming to give you love, to show you how to live, mm-hmm. how to walk, how to have your being. And so that Jesus, the perfect one, what he represents and what we'll unpack as we go through the New Testament is that we'll, we'll do this. We'll look at how we are to love like him, how we are to live like him, how we are to work like him, and how we are to what? Give. You know, Cindy, uh, all last year we talked about one of the greatest uh, sins, and that's not a popular word in culture today, in our nation, is uh, entitlement. We talked over and over about how we feel like that we are entitled to more than what we have, or more than what God is willing to give us. Um, When we look at who we are, and, and looking at this, he plus me equals we, the emphasis here is not on me. It has to be on Jesus. It has to be on not just the fact that we're following him, but that he is directing us and doing one thing in particular. And that's what the whole series is going to be about this year. It's going to be a Jesus follower that is a leader that people can follow to find Jesus, to live for Jesus, well, you're right to about, serve Jesus. You're right. To say it is, is about us would be to take that step back into law that says, you know, if I, if I get it right, then, then surely I'm a good enough person. But which I think is the beauty of what you set forth here is this concept that we continue to try to talk about, 
which is that Emmanuel, God with us, we live a life with God. But we don't live a life where we're competing with God. We don't live a life where we're uh, questioning God. We live a life where we're following, where we believe he actually knows where he's going. He's actually leading, I mean, and we're willing to surrender our lives to that. Because, as you said, we have... We are live in a culture today where if you asked what are the what are the greatest characteristics of a leader today mm-hmm. that can possibly um, you know that you would see in a thousand leadership books mm-hmm. success, drivenness having a plan, knowing where you're going, mm-hmm. all of the things that have to do with you taking others mm-hmm. along with you. But in fact, there was a time in this country, and there still is a principle and a truth to being a love leader. And this is some reasons why we see such a division between Wall Street and Main Street mm-hmm. right now. is because if it's all about loving yourself, all about just loving those prophets that come to you, and I don't mean I don't mean the prophets as in foretelling the future. I mean prophets as in money. Yeah. If you are working only for your own personal gain, you have missed the boat mm-hmm. in terms of what Jesus is saying. Yeah. One of the the things that we often um, misconstrue, Cindy, is what it really means to follow Jesus. And to do and be. There are two verbs, do it and be it. You know, do it sometimes surrounds the law. You know, Jesus said if you run into a man, that a Roman, you run into an authority, he tells you to pick up his load and carry it a mile, then you should do that. But do more than that. Carry it two miles for him. Carry the first one out of law and the second one out of love. Now, that's hard concept to transmit to young people today in this nation. Uh, we have a story that we're going to tell today that, that really represents this, Cindy, and, and I'm going to set it up, and then uh, you're going to wrap it up. Uh, there were some businessmen uh, in a major city uh, that had been away on a business trip, and they uh, were excited about getting home for the holidays and went a big, mad rush to meet uh, their plane. Uh, to get on the plane and get home to be with their families. And in the course of that busyness and rushing through the airport, they ran over a young girl, just bumped into a young girl that was selling apples. And it just not, it knocked her down and knocked her apples where they just rolled everywhere. There were five of those men. And so they all just kept running. But then suddenly one of them stopped. Why did he stop, Cindy, and what did he do? Well, he stopped to just pause for a moment and to see what was going around, on around him. You know, one of the first things, Evelyn, that we have to do in our life is we have to be willing to see what is going on around us. Not just see in our, in our mind's eye what it is that we're driven towards or we're purposed towards, but we literally sometimes have to take that panoramic view of what's going on around us. And in this case, he saw this girl groping on the ground to find her apples. And in her groping, he could see 
that she could not see and that we had they had come through in their business not just trying to be you know mean or violent or anything like that but had upset that and so he sent his friends on well he stayed there to help her turn and pick up those apples and turn that cart right side up and in doing so then she she says to him mister are you jesus Without eyes to see, without knowing, but that he would stop and take that time when in her desperation. And he knew, he knew then, of course, what the answer to that was. But he knew then that the purpose of his life was not that he catches the plane, makes the next deal that makes him successful. It is that he paints a picture to a world of the miracles that are available when you and I make our lives available. And our lives being available is not that we label ourselves as Christians. It's what? It's that we are followers of Christ. And a follower of Christ is, is in a position to be stopped at any moment by the Creator God of the universe, the Father God, God with us because we know His voice able to stop us in the middle of what we're doing and give us a panoramic view of who He is and how it is that we represent Him to the world. You know, Cindy, that is such a vivid, vivid view of what our world is like today. We're all rushing to go somewhere to do something. And many of us who are Christians, Jesus followers, we're doing that not only to uh, to better our lives. You know, we have a responsibility to work, but that we might truly please God. But sometimes we are just like that young girl while she was blind. And all she could see was someone that came to help her, to help her get back to the point where she could be who she really was. And that's what it means to be a Jesus follower. Um, Proverbs 23 says in the closing verse of that, as he has already talked about the shepherd, and we're going to be using that as a paradigm this year for some teaching, is that the Lord leads us. He leads us where we need to be because he is a great shepherd. And then it comes to the final closing scene of that psalm, and it says, as he has done that, and as we are along that pathway of life, one thing you can nail in the ground is that goodness and mercy will follow us. Every day until we graduate to heaven. Goodness and mercy will follow us. That means that we're leaving footprints in the sands of time, in the hallways, in the airports, in the post office buildings, wherever we are, in the office where we work. Wherever we are, we are leaving footprints for for people to follow to Jesus. And that's why it's important for us to be a Jesus follower. Because if we're not going in the right direction, what are we going to do? We're going to lead people in the wrong direction. Mm. 
We are going to take our break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about what it is to live with and up to the king. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna, love talking with the First Lady of Love at the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, that is 99.3 and 98.5. Information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com, where we are love talking and love walking and we'll be blogging on this very program um, in the next day or so. Evelyn, as we went out on our break, we had talked about earlier this idea of uh, like father, like son, Mm -hmm. as we're introducing the perfect one. And you had talked about the verse out of Matthew 5.48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. And I want us to talk a little bit about what that means because I think people people struggle with this idea of perfection. You know, are we really, can it says this in the Bible, but can we really be perfect, you know, and, and what, does, what does it mean to be perfect? And haven't I been tempered and, and haven't I been trying to deal with that my whole life? And... But first we have to set up and clarify so that people get a, a a perfect picture of God's perfection because it's really, you can't major on the minor here. Uh-huh. You can't just major on your perfection, my perfection, because we know that all fall short of the uh-huh. glory of God. All have sinned. But what what we really have to establish here is the foundation in everyone's mind and heart that goes under this this category of the Emmanuel principle, God with us. This is not only is God with you, but he's perfect. He has perfect peace. He has a perfect plan. His promises are perfect. His nature is perfect. And so he's perfect in his heart, his mind, his will, mm-hmm. and emotions. And what is he doing with us? He's perfecting us so that we can do what? We can live life with the king. We can live out of our identity in Christ, mm-hmm. not our personality, right. that we live generously, mm-hmm. we live graciously, and we live the way. The way God lives towards you, we live towards the world. That is so true, Cindy. And that's why that story about the five men and the one that went back is so critical. We just get so involved sometimes in our own activity that we forget why we're here. And that's what we have to stop and ask ourselves. Why am I here? I want to read uh, this Matthew text that we're talking about. And when you take a scripture uh, to be accurate and true to God, you have to take it in context. That means in the, in the, uh, on the avenue or in the community in which it was written or it was said. And this is what it says. This is, this is what Jesus says, starting with the 43rd verse in, in Matthew uh, 5. It says, You have heard it was said, Love your neighbors 
and hate your enemy. But I tell you this, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I mean, he's saying here, there's no distinction. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you going to do out of the ordinary? What are, what's that going to do to the life that you're living? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Now, he's saying Gentiles here. He's talking to a Hebrew congregation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And their law, they are living by law. And he is talking to them to explain the difference between living as a Jesus follower and living that old life. And he says this one word, love, L-O-V-E. And this is what he says, then, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And then the scripture just gives many, many references to what that literally means. It does not mean that we will ever be perfect, but it does mean that we've got the perfect one operating in our life. That's why this motto, he plus me equals we. I cannot do the things, Cindy, that I do. You cannot do the things you do. One cannot do the things that he does. Anything without the breath of God working through us and in us. Well, I'm glad you said it just like that because when you had talked in our opening segment about the law being about what we do, and love being about who we are, when we struggle with first the, the idea of, of is God perfect? You know, do we found our life on that? And then we struggle with the notion that by works we, we get ourselves perfect and then acceptable to God. When really through this verse as a foundation, he's just saying live the way God lives towards you. Live with, with love and, in, and good intentions towards those around you. That's what that saying, I want to read it if I can, in the New Century Version. Okay. Which says, here's another old saying that deserves a second look. I'm backing up a little bit more. It says, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present (laughs) of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Mm -hmm. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend. And it's unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves, your perfect selves. This is what God does. He gives his best. The sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone regardless the good and bad, the nice and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? 
any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow Grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out of your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others. The way God lives toward you. The way God lives toward you. Cindy, this is absolutely mind-boggling when we stop and think about it. And we just rush through it and move on to the next thing. But he is saying here, Jesus is saying here, that I'm challenging you. This is going to be a challenge. It's not going to be easy. People are going to persecute you. That's why I read it out of the old, you know, the old language. He, there are people going to come against you and tell you you are doing it wrong. They'll have this stream over here of saying, you know, there's no power here in your life. I don't see any power. And, and then on this side over here, they'll say, you're too religious. You know, I've had my family tell me that. But you can't go by that, Cindy. You go by the one standard that is perfect, and that's God's love. And how do we get it? He says it here so plainly. You respond when these things come against you. When people persecute you, misuse you, abuse you, lie about you, tell you you're doing it wrong, how do you respond? You respond with the energies of prayer. You go back and say, Lord, did I do it right? Could I do it better? That's why goals are so important in our life, Cindy. That's why, you know, as, as we go into the, the new year, most people try to set a goal because they know they've not done it right. And they're looking for a way and a means to do it so that it would bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus. Lewis Timberlake is a master at doing that. Lewis is going to be speaking uh, this month, Cindy, at the Capital Christian Fellowship, and that is an open meeting if people are interested in that. Uh, one of the things that we have just got so such a heavy burden about uh, as we go into the new year is, am I a really good Jesus follower? Ellen, that is the question of our lives. That is where perfection stems from. As we've been talking to you today, if you don't know what we're talking about in terms of a Jesus follower, it's very simple. You just ask him into your heart. Ask him to reveal to you what it is to be a Jesus follower. If you are a Jesus follower, been calling yourself a Christian, it's time to ask, am I living a life like Jesus? This has been Love Talk on the Word. Love Talk has been brought to you by The Word 99.3 and 98.5 in Austin, as well as Love Talk's partnering sponsors, Ellison Salazar, Casa Mechanical Services, Hill Country Landscape, Ray Gardner Triad Ministries, First Baptist Church Pflugerville, and The Good News Journal.